0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just
1: imagining Kurt doing the and uh, but I, but I can't do a Kermit voice and enough I, to, to... <laughs> yeah we'll Yeah exactly always just love
0: you It's getting a little close to shaggy unfortunately. Yeah. Cool. <laughs>
1: so imagine that. Uh, <laughs> me doing that impression. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I am Blue, and I'm joined by Red. Heyo! And this is our one-year anniversary episode of Doing the Podcast. How yes. exciting! Yeah. It, it feels like it hasn't been a year, and it feels like it's been, like, five, and I know that's, like, the the same discourse <laughs> that everyone said, like, every day for the past year and a half, but, like, yeah! yeah. It's, it's exciting! Time passing!
0: It is! It, it's very odd to think about. I... <laughs> Oh man, I when when I woke up this afternoon and I uh, I saw the text from Indigo saying, "Oh, by the way, this is the one year anniversary pod, I believe my response was, "Oh shit?" question mark question mark, um which is really I think the most uh succinct definition of what that felt like cuz it's like it can't have been a year, but also what do you mean this hasn't been our lives thus far?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. uh it's it's like How has this not been forever? And we've only done uh, 20 of these? (laughs) Wild. 20 something, Um, Yeah. 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 But this has been fun. I, I have really enjoyed doing this podcast. It's a nice way to uh, to, to answer some fan questions. It's a good way to, to go through all of the extra little bits that don't make it into the videos. Because I, I think we mentioned on the last episode, like, there are pages upon pages of notes for every video we put out that never make it. So having this opportunity to just go through and, and chat about stuff is, is always really fun. So yeah. uh, I know we have not uh, explicitly introduced Indigo yet. But Indigo, who is right there on the other side of this call, uh, mm-hmm. thank you for... for uh, uh, twisting our arms to convince us to do this podcast because it has worked out great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is really fun. I mean, that like you said, that's a really important outlet for us because whenever we put out a video previously, it was kind of, it, it wasn't exactly fire and forget, but it was sort of like that where it's like, you know, the video's out there, you know, we, we, we try not to get too in the weeds in the comments, you know, we tweet about it and then we just kind of let it sit. But now it's like, it's nice to be able to actually discuss it after the fact, especially after, yeah. you know, a few days of people having watched it and reacted. It's just, you know, it's it's fun. It's really fun for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some very, like, obscure, platonic, Socratic philosophy of, like, when you write something down, it becomes static and dies. But, like, if you discuss it, it keeps on existing. And I not I, I haven't read any of that recently enough to be able to speak on it with knowing what I'm talking about, but it is cool <laughs> that after publishing the videos and letting them go on and, and, and do their thing it is not like the conversation is ended and, and it's just like okay whatever it's like we can keep talking about it the video like still still has a still has a presence they they still like do things we still talk about it it's not like we publish it and then it's static and dead and it's like nothing else <laughs> will change it's like yeah the conversation's ongoing so yep. speaking of uh this past uh two weeks um as this podcast is a bi-weekly podcast i feel like i'm doing the outro uh <laughs> we have had uh, a, a video on the folktale of urashima taro and a history makers on uh moses maimonides red which yeah. one do you want to talk about first
0: uh let's do maimonides my boy cool
1: it was fun i have been meaning to to do a video on him forever and when i first made my list of like okay history makers is like okay maimonides is on there um because i had i mentioned him obliquely in a few videos like years and years and years back um but i never really got a chance to like get into why he's so cool because i read him for uh, for a like comparative religions class in in college, uh, mm-hmm. at this point uh, several years ago, uh, <laughs> it was like, oh man, Guide to the Perplexed slaps. I got to talk about this in a video at some point, and then I never had an outlet for it. Oh, and then yeah. you know, History Makers, and it's like, ah, yes. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's it's all it's, it's, it's such a cool story and such a cool character that even though he's not a historian, like by just talking about his life, you understand so much about the world that he's in. So uh it's it's a really cool way to to get uh that kind of perspective on a a fairly nebulous period uh in history because you know the islamic middle ages and the, the golden age therein is like you know it's centuries long it's spread across you know three different continents
2: mm-hmm. and it's
1: it's so tough to get a handle on but when you can like look at you know through the lens of this one guy like it makes a lot more sense it, it fits together neatly it's got it's got like, a little narrative uh Little narrative punch to it that is is otherwise uh, tough to get because it's so big and diverse and and not medieval Europe and therefore uh, <laughs> confusing to yeah. a a European bred audience. <laughs>
0: Weird and arcane and mysterious. No, yeah, Maimonides is a he's a very cool dude, but also he's got just an invaluable perspective because. One of the interesting things, I think, that, that maybe you didn't touch on in your video, or you did, and I was not paying sufficient attention, is that Maimonides was kind of a bit of an outsider in a lot of the places he was in, which meant he had a, a, an outside perspective on things that maybe contemporary writers who were more familiar with them wouldn't have thought to bring up. Like yeah. that is one of the things that that's so hard about figuring out things in history is that most things that are just popular common knowledge at the time don't get written down. Like yeah. we don't no, know where exactly. the kingdom of Kush is. Everyone in Egypt <laughs> knew where the kingdom of Kush is, so uh, nobody no, wrote uh, it down. Punt. Punt. Punt? Is Punt that punt. one? Yeah. Oh, bad. No, Kush my is
1: uh, Kush is just it's it's Sudan. it's just further down the Nile. Punt ah, is like, what the fuck is Punt? Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> You're right, yeah, sorry, no, the, the the really cool thing with like Maimonides and his scholarship is that, you know, he grew up in in southern Iberia, now Spain, uh, all Andalus, uh, and then moved to Egypt. So he had a really good sense of what was going on, like, culturally, academically in, in both of those communities in the far west and the far eastern edge of the Mediterranean. Um, so he had a perspective that neither person in either of those places would had because he saw both. So he's like, "Oh yeah, 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 you guys have like, like, you know, three generations of telephone of what's going on in Iberia. I can give you the lowdown." Mm-hmm. Uh, so his his approach to to writing down all this stuff is just like cut out the cut out the the various middlemen and just like here's the text, here's what I think about the text. Next thing, moving on, <laughs> and it's really cool because you, you you do get that perspective that no one else really had because very few people were in the position of having grown up in, uh, you know, in Al-Andalus, moved to Egypt or, you know, grew up in Egypt, moved to Al-Andalus. Um, uh, because even though there was a lot of, like, trade in, in moving around and stuff, not many people had, like, long periods of time living uh, in each. So it is really cool that he was kind of, like, in between all of those those worlds, and that gave him a very neat uh, approach to his, uh, his scholarship.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I will say one thing uh i I tweeted a thing about that video where where you were like your dad would be a big fan of this guy and i asked him and he was right my my dad actually uh (laughs) he told me like now you you know you said i was like a fan of his i don't like agree with a lot of the stuff he wrote you know i like (laughs) reading his stuff so i can disagree with it and argue and i was like dad what do you think being a jewish fan of something means (laughs) and he was like okay you know what that's fair (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> to more I'll
1: precisely and uh, accurately yeah. argue and dissect and discuss. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's like, look, some of us are fans of things that we don't like just because they give us so much to argue about.
1: I mean, when you abstract it, isn't, like, doing commentary on the Torah just a very roundabout way of arguing with God?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does seem to be the highest goal <laughs> of every Jewish person I know. <laughs>
1: It's like if I construct my argument, maybe I can get the one up on him. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll, when I when I meet the Almighty, I'll have a couple complaints <laughs> and some suggestions for it's future like, generations.
1: I brought some papers. We got to discuss this. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, thank goodness, my notes survived the trip to the astral realm. <laughs> Didn't yeah. want to wing this one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Article one <Exactly>, B. <1B. laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. So I—that's I mean, that's part of what's what's so fun about. Uh, Um, about digging into Jewish culture is that it is is very much um, uh, a a culture between worlds. Um, (laughs) Not willingly. (laughs) uh, That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. um, So it's, you know, seeing how... Uh, you know, Jewish culture adapts and flourishes in Iberia versus Egypt versus France. Which there's another uh handful of of, of famous medieval uh, Jewish scholars. Rashi is 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 the big name uh, mm. out of France. Um, it's just it's cool seeing the way that the, the different cultural backgrounds kind of like 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 diffusion osmosis like intersect and, and interact with with judaism to produce different iterations and different flavors of the culture it's it's really neat and it's a cool like case study of of how culture grows and and, and changes over time in response to like you know location and and surroundings and those kinds of things and yeah. obviously i'm i'm not jewish so i can only i can only say so much because i <laughs> only know so much but it's it, it's cool um it is, no, yeah, it is that, extremely cool
0: that, that at least lines up with my experience there's a very. um interesting kind of outside perspective on a lot of major historical events uh and some inside perspective on some other major historical events um but in my admittedly limited to family experience a lot of it comes down to the the style of discussion and analysis that gets fostered in that environment uh it really is like question everything, discuss everything. Everything's got an alternate take. Everything could be just a little bit more correct. The family dinners get a little bit intense sometimes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's, when I looked at, the way Maimonides approached this, it really did seem like that was a guy who just really liked thinking about stuff and then telling yeah. people about it. And in my yeah. experience, that's a very common uh, <laughs> experience. And it's it's
1: space. more impressive because Maimonides really did not have a lot of spare time to write. <laughs> uh, he was he was a practicing uh, doctor uh, for for a boy, Saladin. He was always you know doing things in the community, whether or not he was um, the the leader of the Jewish community at the time, which he was for for a few years when he first. Got to Cairo, and then again later on. Uh, but he was always a, a sort of public-facing figure in his in his adult career. Uh, so he did not have a lot of time to just hang around, you know, writing books and contemplating in his spare time. So he was um, he was he was busy. So it's all the more uh, impressive that he was able to work out such a a monster, just humongous compendium of of analysis and and legal thought on uh, such a a lengthy uh and famously uh untouchable topic in its entirety to just go through the entire mishnah and comment on it my mind is just like yeah "Yeah, i can do it it's fine (laughs) it's it's cool uh he is really a a singular character um uh in the history of the period and in the history of the medieval world in general so that's why that's why he's so fun and that's the thing with the history makers is just you know kings generals yeah whatever that just the people who are writing stuff are the coolest people (laughs) yeah, <laughs> but I'm biased, so it's, it's yeah. fine. It's okay. I disclose my my rampant uh my Monety's bias uh and my rampant um all on bias, which actually I have to give a special thanks to uh to Ludo History our friend Yellow um yeah. who helped me with uh with my script and it was like, okay, Blue, you're doing a great job here. You're being a little bit too nice uh, to Al-Andalus, specifically the Almoravid dynasty were also Moroccan fundamentalists, just <laughs> not as crazy as the Almohads, because they were famously pretty intense. Like, the Almoravids, also Moroccan fundamentalists. You might want to rework this. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, thank you. So I I, I, I I toned it back a little bit. Um, yep. But yeah, no, it's a good script. But anyway, yeah. jumping I'll... way to the other side of, <laughs> no, of Afro-Eurasia. Oh, you had one more thing. Sorry. I
0: I just wanted to say that uh, I feel like my would have gotten a real kick out of Twitter. You know.
1: Oh, oh no. (laughs) There is the the depth of analysis is so service level. He'd be furious with everybody.
0: Well, yes, (laughs) but you gotta understand, almost all the people who I know on that side of my family love Twitter because it makes them so angry.
1: Okay. (laughs) It's all
0: about. It's like it's enrichment. You know. (laughs) It's stimulating.
1: Can you imagine um, Maimonides trying to write the entire Mishnah Torah, one hundred or two hundred eighty characters at a time? No, 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 <laughs> Kill no. someone.
0: My, Maimonides would have a blog that he would link people to at the end of his Twitter threads. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. He yeah. would love it. He'd get such a kick out of it. For <laughs> more thoughts,
1: af- visit rombomb.org.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So
1: jumping to the other side of Afro-Eurasia, yes. Red, you had a myth uh, uh, from uh, from Japan, uh, myth of Um possibly the first instance of uh, localized crazy relativistic time dilation in media well, literature. <laughs> see that that's a little
0: bit difficult to nail down cuz it, it's a folktale. So when exactly it's from that's that's a very shaky concept yeah, even like, before you like get into the Japanese time Yeah, it's like
1: folklore nonsense. could be like anywhere from 1000 BC to like 1800 AD. And exactly. You know.
0: Exactly. Uh, and it's it's always difficult. So a lot of these folktales like we only know a sort of latest possible date they could have been written on because there are very old compendiums of, of like Japanese folktales and myths from like 2000 years back that reference things obliquely, but those are frustrating because sometimes the references are like one or two lines or they're like a poem fragment. <laughs> so mm. it's like Yeah. is this referring to this thing? It might be. I think it is, but who knows? Um yeah. but uh, while Urashima is one of the very interesting uh, cases of relativistic time violation, it is not the only folktale of that format, and the, some people in the comments were bringing up probably the other really major example in, in folklore, which uh, I, I'm i not 100% well acquainted with this one. I haven't specifically researched it, I just kind of know it. Uh, there is a story about a uh, an Irish hero uh, called Oshin, which I actually referenced briefly in one of the other videos. Book I of did. Invasions? It, I think it must have been referenced in the Book of I think he, he's, like, he's somebody's son. It might have also been about Finn McCool, uh, because I believe Ulshin is one of the Fianna, uh, and I think the gist of it is that he is brought into Tirnanog, which uh, it definitely is not pronounced that way, but it's spelled that way, so sue me. Uh, and he spends just a while in this magical fairy realm, has a great time, uh, and then he wants to go back. And I believe his uh, uh, wife, possibly, a friendly fairy lady is like, cool, take my horse, ride it, do not get off the horse when you get to the other side of the ocean. And he's like, okay. Gets on the horse, goes. Uh, He comes back and he finds, I think, 700 years have passed because this story was used to bridge the gap between uh, the folkloric Fianna times and the Christianization of Ireland. So Ocean shows up and Ireland has, or it's starting to be Christianized. And everyone has gotten a lot like lamer and weaker and stuff, like everyone's (laughs) a lot less cool. And I believe the gist is that he sees like, someone's having trouble with a really big boulder and he leans down and he picks up the boulder with one hand, but it snaps the saddle and he falls off his horse and gets really old and crusty. Uh, Um, And then I believe he hangs out with a saint and tells him everything to explain why uh, that knowledge got from Uh, one era to another and i I think after that he probably dies uh that's
1: super cool especially as a way to like like retroactively explain like how not only how how it happened like you know quasi-historically but how those those cultures then interact mythologically that's really Mm -hmm, cool mm -hmm. i don't feel like you see that kind of stuff all that often
0: Mm -mm. No, uh, it is a very useful folkloric tool, but if you look at it, like, the-, the thing it's mostly useful for is bridging the gaps between major historical changes. And those happen fairly regularly on the historical stage, but not like that regularly, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, uh... like,
1: you get some of it with Ragnarok where, you know, you can read it as, uh, as an extended metaphor for, like, you know Christianity showing up, but that's not explicit. Like it's 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 subtext. This mm-hmm. this other one's like, yeah, no. Here's the deal: <laughs> we're yep. all about Jesus now. <laughs> now we can't lift boulders. <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh huh.
0: And and with the uh, th- there's a brief bit in the Wild Hunt video where I touched on uh the story of King Herla, uh, which has a similar vibe where you know they they go into the dwarf king's realm for three days. They come out. It's 300 years later, and like the Saxons have invaded or something. Uh, and it's interesting because it's it's such a very specific trope with so much use, but it's also rare enough that it's like kind of special when, when you find a folktale that uses it. It's like, oh, it's one of those. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Urashima Taro is interesting because it doesn't really have a moral uh, and it doesn't really serve much of a purpose. It's like, yeah, you know, the village is gone, but like, it's not like civilization has moved on that much. You know? It's, they're still speaking the same language. It's just kind of like, oh, that's a bummer. Well, back I go. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> how do I get back? Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of tragic, you know. It's uh, there's there's a lot of sort of Shaggy Dog stories like that in folktale where, where it's like there's no moral, there's no grand message. It's just like, ah, oh, man, that sucks, right? Anyway, I'm Rod Sterling, <laughs> and it just kind of goes from there. Um, yeah, it, it was a it was a fun little. Bite-sized folktale with a lot of different variants. I had to pick one to make the video about, but there there's versions where uh, he rescues a turtle from a different situation, like a bunch of kids are like uh, bullying the turtle, so he pays the kids to leave the turtle alone, and then the turtle's like, "Ah, I was a princess all along. Now you must be my husband," etc., etc. Um, but you know the the ultimate gist of the story is always the same. He you know goes to the dragon palace, spends X amount of time there, comes back, and it's you know X times four hundred something. It's just a lot. It's a lot.
1: I feel Um, like that could be a setup for a math problem. If Urashima (laughs) spends five years in a relativistic time uh, anomaly, where it passes at a rate of, (laughs) and the train is coming from Tokyo at a rate of, yeah.
0: That's a physics problem, All right, We don't mess with that in my branch of (laughs) math. (laughs) Alright,
1: any math teachers out there, any physics teachers, uh, start getting more creative with your problem setups. Enough of, like, Jeff has ten watermelons. It's now, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How many geological yeah. eons have passed in the time between this guy coming back from the uh, from the dragon island and the train arriving at the station <laughs> I
0: had to look up so much stuff about time dilation just to make sure I got the math right because I didn't want I, I didn't want to spread misinformation about one of my like only three things that I'm kind of professional at uh and man I'm glad I didn't go into this branch of math I mean it, this is this is just solid physics not my department but Oh, man. Relativistic time dilation is creepy. I'll,
1: it's I'll, wild. I'll say yeah. it, all
0: right? It's weird that time doesn't work like like it should, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, it's pretty wonky. Uh. I, we, we, we can also get into the, the thing of, like, you know, the only real example of this in modern media is interstellar. Mm. I didn't like Interstellar, but I don't think we really need to get into it that much. <laughs> I just kind of want to let it be known.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, um, uh, for the record, uh, Indigo is making some pretty interesting faces right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, the thing is, I, I did see some people bring up that uh, time dilation has shown up in a minor way in other things. There's a couple episodes of Doctor Who that use it. There's some anime that bring it up, stuff like that. But, like, oh, yeah, there's the, uh,
1: there's the Madame Pompadour episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Interstellar is the one that really leaned into it. It's the one yeah. that kind of made that the plot device that was going to drive the second half of the movie. Yeah. I, You know, I, we do not have time to get into Interstellar, and I don't <laughs> want to, but I will say Interstellar is an absolutely gorgeous movie, and yeah. I like that they just gave these mathematicians all the money they needed, finally, to 3D model some really cool stuff. Like they had all the equations lying around I, I, I don't know if everybody knows this actually um basically when they when they gave the various mathematicians and physicists involved uh when they when they contacted them and they got the formulas and stuff and they modeled it they were like yeah um we we modeled the black hole but like it's got this really weird like halo effect and we don't know what's doing it and the physicists were like oh, that makes sense. It's like, what what do you mean? It's like the gravity around the black hole essentially bends up the image of the accretion disk on the backside of the hole up and over, or I think technically it should be down and under, but they flipped it upside down because it looks better that way. Uh, But it's just like, it's the kind of thing where it's like you had all the math, but unless you see it, you don't put that kind of thing together, which is why people should just give physicists and mathematicians that much money all the time, and yeah. let them make us really cool IMAX movies and that stuff like that. That is extremely cool.
1: I also think it's fun that, you know, like a few years later, when um, when that scientist uh, managed to capture the picture of black hole, everyone's like, "Oh, just like Interstellar." And she's like, "No, it's <laughs> like, like, like I know it's kind of the same thing that you're all primed to expect it to look like this, but like this is an actual picture of black hole." Everyone's well, like, I... "Oh yeah, but Interstellar."
0: <laughs> I mean, on the flip side, it was like, "Oh shit, we totally got it right," which yeah, is and honestly that is really
1: cool. Yeah, so yeah. a, a double edged yeah. sword. But no, yeah, they, it's, they love it when It's, that it's, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. black Although holes. I are, will admit, are when I saw cool the picture visually. of
0: the black hole, I was like. Do you have anything like a little more high res <laughs> y'all got
1: any more of them pixels
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, it really spoiled us didn't it uh, i will also say that we watched imax and i believe an it uh we watched interstellar in an imax theater and i had to shut my eyes for all the spinning scenes or i would have been physically ill so that feels like a weakness of the movie but yeah um,
1: and then yeah. we we got out of the theater and then just walked around downtown in a very, like... It was it was not pouring rain, but it looked like it was about to for, like, two hours straight, and we just yeah. walked around talking about, like, what the hell just happened in that movie? It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was
0: foggy, it was Gotham-y, it was great. Yeah. But, um, yeah... Yeah, no, it was a a fun video and I'm glad I got to use the uh, two minutes of footage from Interstellar that I actually really liked. Oh, actually, funny story about that specifically. Uh, I was a little bit worried that maybe the video was going to get claimed because I was using footage from Interstellar. Uh, And I mentioned this to uh, my uncle, who is a physicist, and he was like, well, they can't do that. The the formulas for that rendering are public domain. And I was like, No, that's not that's not really how YouTube claims work. And then later he like comes up with this like paper and he's like, See, this is the paper with the formulas. It's completely available, so they can't claim it. And I was like, Oh, I really, really wish YouTube worked like that. <laughs> but it was very, very sweet of him. Taking
1: um, YouTube to science court to prove that <laughs>
0: Yeah. You can't claim this. The rendering software is public. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was my video and that was your video, and I believe that's about time to uh, transition to the Q and A. Woo!
2: Woo! Hello and welcome to the Q and A portion of the overly sarcastic podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. Uh, and before we we jump into the usual Q and A questioning, I, I just want to take a minute to thank all of the listeners and fans out there who have helped make the podcast so successful this last year. It's been truly wonderful to see all of the community responses and to get to hear directly from you guys in Ask Pod, among other places, so I just wanted to put our appreciation out there to you guys, the loyal listeners, and I hope that you continue to enjoy the podcast in its future iterations throughout the next year and beyond. Uh, But without further ado,
1: Actually, with further ado, real quick, I also want to give an extra, extra thanks to the various people in the community who have done uh, podcast-related fan art, who have put podcast clips in OSP out of content, uh, we know you. We see all of you. Uh, yes. For uh, Bill Vossay, who made the um, the Time Heist trailer, all the people who've oh, done Time Heist man. fan art. Um, uh, some people have made music, which is insane. Oh, let me um, let me find and that And just one, everyone uh... who's done anything related to uh, the podcast on on a creative input of their own. Uh, thank hold, you so much on, because on. there's so much cool, cool, cool things that we've gotten from that.
0: Let me find the Ozpod animated because uh, there was that. Uh, yes, uh, Vivarx, v- uh, V-V-A-R-X, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, they did the first ever OSP, uh, animated oh, podcast yes. bit. Oh, yes, that one too. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. they also did, uh, a while back, they did some, like, uh, like Frankenstein as Vines thing, yeah. uh, kind <laughs> of inspired by the the Divine series. Uh, they, they occasionally post on our subreddit and everything they do is pure gold. So, yes, uh, it's really yep. fun. Give them some love. It's fantastic.
1: Also speaking yeah, of the yeah. subreddit, uh, to the person who posts the the OS pod out of context, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we record this podcast and we have no clue what any of the images it's are. A it's fun so funny because we code what jump on to earth is happening. Whenever up and be
2: like, "Do you know what this is?" <laughs> it's very fun. Um, yeah, so thank you to everyone who's interacted with the podcast in any way, whether that's creating content for it or uh, just enjoying it. Uh, we really appreciate you guys and uh we're happy we're excited that we even have anyone to shout out at this portion uh a year in
1: (laughs) yeah that's the craziest thing
2: yeah it's fantastic and uh, speaking of appreciating people we have some lovely patrons who contribute uh, to help keeping this podcast alive, paying my salary, paying for our RSS host, and also um, feeding Cleo—all good, important things that are all equally va- <laughs> key to keeping the podcast <laughs> functioning—and uh, this oh, yeah. first question comes from one of those lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, support the channel, consider becoming a patron for a chance for your question to be read first on a future episode. This question comes from Maltese Geek to all favorite thing to do in autumn be it watch a specific movie or bringing out the warm blankets what's your thing that makes you look forward to autumn
0: i to mean okay i have too many so let's start with the easy one <laughs> yes. i love halloween so much oh, i just yeah. conceptually i here's <sighs> the problem i have not been of trick or treating age for at this point i'd say over a decade uh and nothing has really quite filled that void for me. Like mm, I, I still love yeah. Halloween so much, but now it's like directionless. It's like what do I do with Halloween? So now I understand why grown-ups throw Halloween parties, because mm-hmm. it's like yeah. you get all the same experience of <laughs> hanging out with your friends and dressing up in ridiculous costumes. But Also, you're a grown-up and you can make punch and stuff and just buy all the candy you want, which is great. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) I haven't had the opportunity to do that recently on account of other stuff, which has been kind of depressing. Um, (laughs) But no, Halloween is my shit. It is the best holiday. It is my favorite holiday, and I love it very much. Uh, Also, um, over the garden wall... I have, at this point, developed a habit of rewatching that entire miniseries every autumn because oh, it yes. is extremely autumnal and that's also a, a straight banger. Um, so that's like second. That's like a that's a second place on my list of things I like about autumn. Um,
1: that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I really like going outside because yes. fall is the perfect weather to to take walks. You can wear. Uh, a t-shirt and a jacket you can wear a whole bunch of shirts you can wear a sweater every option is valid Uh, it's great to walk see the leaves change colors step on the leaves they go crunch crunch, it's great Mm. Um, having things that are are apple flavored like apple cider Mm. apple cider donuts Mm -hmm. um, all those kinds of things um, apple cider coffee cake. Uh, oh, Cyan yeah. made some of that uh, last week with with an apple <sighs> cider extract, which is and great. Is. Um, so the the flavors, uh, the sights, um, the the walking around uh, uh, are are all uh, some of the some of the greatest things uh, for me uh, about autumn. But yeah. Halloween, yeah. Halloween fucking slaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I
0: agree with that. Also, autumn is just like, not only is the temperature perfect, it smells so nice outside. Mm, yeah. Like like the transition from like, you, you know, you open your window in the summer and it's like, oh, it's kind of hot, you know, it kind of smells like exhaust and like hot cement. And then you open your window in the autumn and it's like, wow, the world is alive. The wind is beautiful. It's just like, it's, it's completely reinvigorating and like, if you're out on like kind of a fall like night and the moon's up and there's like little wispy clouds and you can just take a walk and the temperature is perfect and you can just bundle up, it is ideal walk taking scenario. Oh, yeah, uh,
1: fall is absolutely the best season. Yes. Yeah. Um, and less
0: allergens than in spring, which is weird because my only yeah. major allergy is mold. You'd think that would be more of a problem in fall. It just doesn't matter to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now all it's uh about it's great the fall. fall rules. Yeah. Uh,
2: fall is trench coat season which means i get to break out my Mm. absolute favorite coat i've ever owned fall is soup season which this is a fun fact about indigo um i am a ride or die for soups they're the best of all the food groups (laughs) (laughs) i am constantly in my mind going through an inner monologue of that one McElroy audio where he says that he would bury a bowie knife to eat french onion soup at this very moment in time (sighs) in any of his family's chests. i would I would bury a bow knife in any of your chest to eat French onion soup at this exact second uh, as of recording. Um, But it's also a great season to like stay inside and like get cozy and watch a movie. And you can do that in the winter too. But it just like hits really good in the fall because you don't have to do too much temperature adjustment. And it's still not like a cave outside. Like it's not so dark that it's like a cave in your apartment. And you can just really enjoy the ambiance. In the fall...
1: Yeah, in the fall, it's good to be outside and it's good to be inside. None of the other seasons have that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Fall also, it's like, it's got that perfect, I'd say like month, month and a half interval where like it's cool and it hasn't snowed yet. Because I Mm -hmm. love snow, I really do. But if you live in a city, the snow is only going to be pretty for like three
2: hours. Yeah, the snow Um. is only good while it's happening and then afterwards it becomes a problem. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it starts getting grimy. If it lands on cement, it usually melts very quickly for a while, cause that it like retains the temperature, like the warmth, for longer than like grass and dirt does. Uh, so it just ends up kind of being gross. And also, once it has rained on those cool, dry leaves, they oh. stop being dry leaves and they just start getting gross. So like, there's that perfect little window before winter kind of starts setting in, where it's just like. It's just perfect. A a few years back, we actually had kind of a micro blizzard on Halloween, which was simultaneously, like, sort of the best of both worlds for me, and kind of just sad and unpleasant, (laughs) because I was like, on the one hand, this is cool, because nobody else is out. On the other hand, I don't know if I like being out in this. (laughs) I like rain. I like snow. But when it's wet snow, it's just kind of like, ooh. (laughs)
1: it's unpleasant yeah so many many words to say fall is the best (laughs) we are all so basic aren't (laughs) we
2: hey look there's like two two times a year when i get to whip out all of my production design costume making experience and it's Mm. halloween and the ren fair both of which are excellent fall activities
0: (laughs) oh absolutely yeah Yeah. i've been to ren fairs mostly in the summer, but it's better to go during the fall because there's yeah, less risk of Yeah, they're usually like heat closing up and... sort
2: of in, like, October, but if you can get one of those last weekends in the fall when it starts to cool down, that is, like, prime Ren fair time. That is the best time. Yeah, uh,
1: Indigo, shout-out to our friend group who last <laughs> weekend went to the Ren Faire yes. and had a blast. <laughs> yes,
2: it was very warm, and it was very fun, and uh, I'm very proud of all of our costumes. I it was, think a, little really it was a little year. toasty. It was a little toasty. Yes, we did have one friend who wore, um, who he had me make him a, like, fur cloak, uh, and then it was like mm. eighty five degrees out, and so he was wearing a, a lot of fake fur. <laughs> ah! I was like, i'm so I'm so happy that you are happy with your um, clothing. I'm so sorry that you're also so sweaty, but that's that's the <laughs> you take the L for the aesthetic in those situations. you yeah. know if you make a cape, you're wearing that cape. And I have been walking around my apartment in my Renfair cape
1: for the last week
2: because I was like, I spent too many hours oh, hand yeah. It was a good cape.
1: And, Thank you. It was it was a really good cape. You're, that, <laughs> that cape's gonna gonna do the work for you for a while. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's that's my um, that's my lounging cape now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some. I just feel like we're we're like the three faces of the white woman Instagram deal.
0: You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> by our powers hey. combined, one of us represents the tiny pumpkins and the big chunky sweaters, and one of us represents the the witchy aesthetic with the the shredded clouds <laughs> over the full moon and. And one yes. of us is just all about them recipe
2: blogs and-
1: All three of those are Cyan. All three yeah. of those are Cyan. <laughs> and, and that's I why I love say, her as so much. As much. She's the three
2: love fall, I'm like, I can see Cyan like going a little bit feral every time the, the calendar winds back to fall. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's Cyan season, baby. It's yeah, She like, makes so Yeah, Cyan can foods. fucking
1: clown on us with how much she loves <laughs> yeah. fall. It's, it's yeah. so amazing to see.
0: You summon us as her lesser spirits. And if mm-hmm, you can really pull mm-hmm. together the oomph and the sacrifices required, you get the like, full divinity. <laughs> Yes.
1: Like the fact that our wedding is happening in fall was not an accident, <laughs> <laughs> not a coincidence. That was deliberate. I <laughs>
2: know. A bit. Oh uh, God. Yeah. Anyway, fall, amazing season. But we've got a lot of questions to get to. So let's 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 keep chugging <laughs> along here on this podcast. We will talk more about fall as fall continues on its its time will continue on its uh, endless march, and uh, mm. fall will continue. We're gonna have to a happen. leaf
1: update every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: at yes. Soup. Everyone has to come to the next podcast with um, a soup recipe and a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, this next question comes from Mr. Midnight. To all, congratulations on one year of the OS pod. Do you have any favorite Ooh. podcast memories looking back? Perhaps a favorite episode.
1: Ooh, Favorite hey. episode's tough. Um, yeah. I think some of our guest episodes have been really, really great. Yes. Uh, just because it's so fun to, to talk to people whom we are like professionally peers with but don't Mm -hmm. otherwise have really a, a, a good enough justification to socialize with so like being able to be like hey people who like you know we're mutuals with on twitter or like we've had a chat before or we've been in a collab or something before like Let's just hop on a call and talk to each other like those are the best so it's yes. so fun to have the podcast as an outlet specifically for being able to just like you know interact with 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 cool people because you know like we watch YouTube there are people who we think are the absolute coolest oh, so many uh, it's, for us as as for all of you uh, so yeah. it's cool to be like oh, we actually get to talk to these people for our yeah. job. And then, you know, turn around and they're like, we get to talk (laughs) to these people for our job. So it's so cool just how much everyone else on YouTube is a fan of everyone else on YouTube. It's the most innocent, Mm -hmm. pure, and exciting, wholesome thing. And that's one of my favorite uh, things about the pod.
0: I agree. I think the guest episodes are great, especially when they go fully off the rails. Um, <laughs> I think oh, one of the nice. only times I've fully, like, lost it while re-listening to one of our pods is, uh, I believe, the Daniel Green episode. Daniel, oh
2: <laughs> when it yes. gets, like, really mm. inappropriate suddenly. Oh my God. The one episode I've had to put a content funny. warning on, yes, I remember.
0: <laughs> yes. No, It, it was is was solid gold, and I loved it. Um, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, like, I
1: really wanted to talk about his book. I really wanted to ask him some questions (laughs) about Breach of Peace. Then we just talked about sex stuff instead.
0: (laughs) Suddenly we're talking about the sexual habits of Captain America and everything's gone off the rails!
1: Yeah, oh my god, yeah, that's, uh,. (laughs)
2: Hey, no, it was so topical. fun.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, it was. And honestly, a lot of the fun of the podcast is kind of stretching our comfort zones a little bit, you know? Like, yeah. there's stuff that we probably wouldn't think to talk about, and suddenly we, we bring in other people who've got other areas of expertise, and we talk about that, and it's great.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, providing a forum is one of the most fun things. And obviously, you know, going into the videos is, is fun because we get to, you know, address certain points that come up and all the stuff that I was talking about earlier. But the Q&A is, is, is really a, mm-hmm. a great time because we have, like, running bits that we have to, to figure out. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh stuff
2: yeah i i mean this podcast for last year has been uh, a delay i personally really i i'm the one who reads through all of the discord q a questions um <laughs> and i've really enjoyed getting to see just like what people in the community think about on the day day, <laughs> because we get such a wide scope of questions that, and it's really um unfortunate that we physically can't answer all of them or else we would just yeah. never stop recording because there are so <laughs> many of them um because it's really neat to, like, hear from you guys and hear what's yep. what's on the minds. And we get some really fun ones. <laughs> we get some really fun oh, like, some ones, ones that we would never yeah. have thought of on our own. So yeah. that's, that's probably my favorite part of the pot production process in general, just taking an hour to, like, read through the last two weeks of questions. Yep. Yeah. Because I also want to. Of-
1: sorry go ahead red oh
0: well i wanted to give a shout out to uh not this podcast but uh your other podcast movie struck <laughs> because i had an absolute blast forcing you to watch jupiter ascending
2: <laughs> oh gee thanks <laughs> that podcast isn't no. a year old yet so we'll we'll uh
1: continue. we'll go we'll back through. there when, but yeah, when
0: we're ready that was it, like but, that was yeah. the
2: best closure i could
0: have looked for on that <laughs> on that whole debacle that oh, that gee. nightmare that fugue state i'm glad one through. of us got
2: closure on that movie because instead i've <laughs> had to think about it frequently since then but uh that, that's a topic for another another show yeah. um yeah. yeah yeah that show specifically
1: but yeah, i was gonna say uh for, for as much of the uh the podcast is you know the three of us just kind of bapping topic uh, conversations of uh topics of conversation jesus uh bapping are. those around uh it is still very much a a product of of our engagement with the audience and what mm-hmm. what all of you through your questions bring to the discussion uh is an, an integral part in this uh this podcast yeah. would not be the same with that. And even for the video stuff, I mean, we're, you know, responding to, to common threads that we see in the video discussion. So even though it is still us three talking about stuff, it, it, it's very much, uh, you know, a product of our engagement with the community, which I think is really fun.
2: Yeah. 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 It's a it's a great time. I'm trying to think if I have a favorite episode. And the truth is, like, I don't have one favorite because they all kind of have, like, their own little bits and things that just stick in my memory mm. and I really love. So I'm happy that we get to continue making it. And uh, thanks Why to just yeah. scroll through
0: the list real quick <laughs> I mean if anything. I wanted
2: to be like really full of myself I could say that the oops all indigo episode is my favorite because I was the <laughs> guest but like that feels like a little bit too on the nose <laughs> yeah most of the guest episodes are up there you know
1: yeah the guest episodes are pretty great I did like the girls, girls night like...
2: episode that was very fun. girls night was <laughs> a night lot of fun <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: oh man I think we're just having a good time
2: overall yeah yeah, this yeah. is basically just us yeah, exactly. hanging out, and then we also record it with like the tiniest bit
1: of structure. Is the yeah. truth? Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> that's that. That's what I think makes for for good discussion style podcasts. Because obviously you have narrative podcasts, which is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like discussion style podcasts go, just letting the people do what they do best, which is talk about stuff in a funny, interesting way. Mwah. that's that's how you get a good podcast oh the star uh, wars I, I bonus like episode uh, i love awesome. the star wars bonus that's a great episode. one yeah. i love just
0: being able to talk about clone wars 2003 for like an
1: hour <laughs> yeah uh, yeah
0: i don't remember much year's of it because i got like four too. hours of sleep mm-hmm. that night because I, like I was up watching star- uh, clone wars 2003 so i got like no sleep so i don't remember it but i do remember yeah. it was fun
2: <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh. Yeah, well, it's been a it's been an exciting year, and I'm I'm excited for another one, but we've got so many questions to get through. Yes, uh, yes. The ever-winding list of... Oh, I was <laughs> questions. Uh, this one comes from Beleg Kuthalion. Kuthalion? a mm. uh, oh. blanket apology to all Discord users for when I inevitably butcher your Discord username. This has sort of been something that we broached before. <laughs> That's just going to... This is my apology for the year. <laughs> we'll come back <laughs> to it next year. We'll um, crush it. They ask to all if you could choose any band or musician, real or fictional, to play at Blue's Wedding, which would it be? Let's, uh, let's, let's hire a DJ or a band for Blue's Wedding right now on the podcast. Aww. The possibility of fictional bands is mm. intriguing. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is the uh, the Grindan and the modal notes from, <laughs> from Star Wars. <gasps>
1: Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I would like to yeah.
0: argue that from a certain point of view, the entire cast of The Muppet Show is Ooh. kind of a band. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And then we can have them uh, reenact the plots of movies with only one of the actors being a human. Here we out, here we a very
0: out. special guest star, Mr. Blue and Cyan. Yay! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Blue and cyan's First Dance set to Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You except it's sung by Kermit the Frog
0: but who does Miss Piggy punch she has to punch oh. somebody
2: oh you're right you're right you know what mm. i
0: volunteer i'll do it i'll,
2: I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get high to yod. i'll party it up with gonzo i feel like we could really bond i feel like we've got a similar energy sometimes same brain cell <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah. just
1: imagining current doing the and uh, but I, I can't do a kermit voice when enough I, to, to... <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah exactly just
0: love you it's getting a little close to Shaggy, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. cool.
1: So imagine that uh, <laughs> me doing that impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, I, I mean, this is kind of cheating, uh, but like, what is actually going to happen in addition to the other music that we'll be playing is that for for the dinner, the DJ has an option for like like we can just play like generic classical music for the dinner. Uh... I'm like. That's the basic bitch answer. Here is a track of all my favorite video game uh, uh, songs. <laughs> we're gonna have oh, some, some so AC2 bangers. We're gonna we're gonna go in with some Journey and Abzu, clean yep. up with some Legend of Zelda yeah. instrumentals. <laughs> what the fuck say, are we doing, what? wasting our time oh God, on, on like some generic ass Vivaldi that no one knows? Let's three go. <laughs> hour, one of those
2: three-hour Legend of Zelda beats to study yeah. by things. <laughs> sort yeah, of on the exactly. note, uh, in college I ran a radio show called Transmission Impossible, where we only played a movie score. <gasps> and soundtracks, and I think you could technically find recordings of them somewhere online, but I have no idea where. Uh, But we always did a Valentine's Day episode, and that is actually a public Spotify playlist. So, and on there, there's one track that I think you should include. And it's from Blade Runner. It's the love theme from Blade Runner. And it's just four minutes of ambient saxophone sounds set to like the lightest like <laughs> tingle in the background. And I'm not oh, saying God. it's the perfect track for dinner, but <laughs> it's
1: the perfect I don't think track. it would be.
2: <laughs> Are you kidding? It's a masterpiece. It's the most romantic song in existence. <laughs> oh I think yeah. What I'm the learning Sizzling is we romantic shouldn't... subplot. Is Red and Indigo should not be allowed to input on <laughs> the music choices of the
1: world. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give the DJ like you know like you know like wanted lists and like wild west towns it's like don't listen to what these two suggest for music it's time to
0: play the music it's time to blend light the lights the dj's
1: like these are two pictures of cartoons i'm like don't worry they look the same in real life yeah,
0: yeah you'll, you'll know you'll know yeah.
2: why is one of them hanging yeah. over a chair don't worry about
0: it yeah this one's just a plushie wearing headphones
2: <laughs> oh excellent uh, yeah. we well, could draw question... her actual
0: face. Uh, it's a whole thing at this <laughs> point. Hope, yeah.
2: Now it's a bit. <laughs> uh, but th- moving on, sort of. Uh, th- this next question is a tie-in with our previous episode. So this comes from Crimson Plays to all. In the last podcast, you guys talked about what loot you would drop when defeated. Since this would be a boss fight, what gimmick would you use? So if we're, we're bosses in a video game, what's our like? Oh, what's yeah. our gimmick yeah, yeah. in that fight? You know.
0: Oh man, uh, beam spam. Like, oh.
2: <laughs> like one of those
0: really annoying, like top-down shooter things where it's just like you just saturate the field with little glowing yeah. orbs that hurt. Yeah. That's
1: right. My thing. R- Red's boss fights just an an old arcadey bullet hell. Yep. Yeah.
0: And you know, you know that, like, I've got a lot of, like, taunt lines, but the fight mm-hmm. goes on a little too long, so I'm repeating them too much.
1: <laughs> you keep cycling through yeah. the same dialogue.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Every time I, like, go back and, like, let loose another uh, orb barrage, it's like, witness my power. It's like, witness my po- I'm witnessing it! <laughs>
1: uh, and then and then they only got you to do, like, Three like pain exertion yes. noises. So it's literally ah, ooh, ah, the entire fight. <laughs> da,
0: oh, ah, my infinite power. Ah, ooh, ah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic! Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, Red's just a retro boss fight yeah. from oh, yeah. like the early days uh, of oh, yeah. <laughs> late 2D, early 3D. She's
2: like, uh, uh, you know, fighting Shere Khan in Mortal Kombat for the first time. You just hear a lot of and get I over think... here. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe what
0: happens is like once you whittle my health bar down, it goes to a cutscene of me winning. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then somebody swings in and like boots me over the cliff. <laughs> and you just end up feeling really dissatisfied. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was winning. No, no, no. No, no, no. You had to get rescued by your edgy lancer guy who left two acts ago. It's like, what? Yeah. I was winning. No. Yeah, it'd yeah. be great. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually one of those no-win scenarios from Mega Man X when you're fighting Vile initially. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, am I even doing damage? Where's his health bar? It's like, ha ha ha, you fool.
2: You beat yeah. Red, and the entire map flips upside down, and you have to beat the game again.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh gosh. That's to get like, the uh, true like Castlevania. Of the Night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Castlevania. Yeah. 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 And in the uh, true ending, yeah. I
0: actually join your party two-thirds of the way through, and everybody forgives me really easily, it except suddenly you, explained the player. why the player
2: character's name was D-E-R the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I have
0: right, the exact well, same fight noises when I'm on your side, so, like, <laughs> everyone else will be like, we must defeat him. How will we stop him? Witness my power! Ah! Ooh! Ah!
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Classic. For me, last time we established that I can... I have a passive or I have I have a pacifist option to to neutralize me mm. and that I can be taken out with stealth. So what I'm thinking of is that I'm essentially like one of the uh one of the targets from a dishonored style game where it's not that I'm strictly a boss fight but that I'm like that I'm a big bad like in a castle or something just kind of hanging out. So it's not that like I am the problem, but it's that like getting to me is the problem. So I think it's like imagining a bunch of little, like, Cleo automadons, like, oh. scattered throughout the level that just, like, roam around, and then if you trip the alarm, like, all of them start to swarm you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and for 100% completion, you need to have gotten me in your party already when you do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just me making kitty noises that I never make in any other part of the game. It's completely <laughs> unique dialogue where i like, oh, it's a kitty! She's napping
2: on me! <laughs>
1: yeah, of course my, my gimmick is, is my, my two swords, uh, of mm-hmm. uh, and I wear the Venice flag as a cape or something, I, I don't fucking know, I'm kind oh, of losing the thread here. Actually. But yeah. basically, it's, it's, a st- it's a Dishonored mission, and the bad guys are like like fucking Jindosh Dishonored to automatons, except they're little Cleos. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think
2: i probably but be one they of say, those bosses. say, what like, was that uh, noise when you trip the alarm? <laughs> Ooh, just like a... <laughs> Uh,
0: (laughs) everything else is just meowing but whenever you trip the alarm they say and someone what was that noise (laughs) who's over there
2: (laughs) Um, must have been the wind (laughs) meow (laughs) I think uh, my boss fight is probably like one of the like early Kirby squeak squad bosses where they have like a thing that makes them immune to all damage for like 10 seconds or whatever. So like whenever my headphones are on and they're comically large, just like you can't do any damage and then you have to wait for the headphone to come off to just like spam the attack button again for like the yeah. easy way out. But yeah, that's a solid gimmick, solidly frustrating yeah. and also true to character because I have noise canceling headphones and I am in unreachable when they are on. Uh,
1: in I game. think it is cool that we basically picked three different types of games yeah. to, <laughs> to do it. I think that's a fun little, little yeah. variety.
2: <laughs> yeah we got our metroidvania we've got our kirby game we've
1: got our Dishonors. we got our immersive sim yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. perfect nice. classic
2: classy uh well this next question comes from noon can you think of a couple history and or mythology themed art prompts for inktober so for those who don't know inktober oh. is sort of like a, a drawing prompt for mm. for artists who like to draw like in ink typically, although it's expanded to other mediums since then uh, throughout the month of October, usually there's a bunch of prompts for every day. So what are some prompts we might suggest to uh, any any of the community out there who might be participating? It's, uh...
1: it's word prompts, right?
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, you give okay. a word prompt hubris. and hubris. They... Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Hubris is I think a good one because you, you can you can get creative with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Is it okay if I do a history one? Um, yeah. I don't want to- Oh, that's a myth toes. one. <laughs> uh, well, okay. People will definitely know what I'm talking about once I describe it. Uh, prompt is the course of empires. And what I'm talking about is there's a series of, I think, five paintings. Five. Yes. I have uh, them on my wall. Yeah, you do, yeah. Thomas Uh, Cole, uh,
1: 1832, 1836. Right.
0: Uh (laughs) And essentially, basically, it's this artist who painted five paintings of phases in the development of a civilization. So it starts off, you know, wild, then it goes pastoral, then you get, I think, golden age, then uh, decline and fall, and then uh, ruins. And... It's, it's a beautiful painting series. It is incredibly useful for me for visual examples for <laughs> stuff, uh, specifically yeah. a trope talk I've been working on recently. But I think if you use that and basically just draw a setting a, in either one or just some of those phases, like every, every civilization rises and falls differently. I think that could be really cool.
1: Yeah. Um, that's cool. And it doesn't have to be five. Like he, he yeah. lays it out as five, but it's very easy to to add steps, to take away steps. It's uh yeah, like setting that up as a as a handful of um of Inktober prompts, like over the space of a week. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you can get uh probably a, a week or so of good prompts out of that. That's a that's a classic. That's yeah, a good one. I yes. really like those paintings a lot. They're so that was useful. like one of my first like, okay, I'm gonna be a little bougie, I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself some <laughs> some little like like one by two footprints of uh of each of the uh, the Course of Empires and Get them up on there so whenever I'm I'm doing research I'm like hmm and I look up the painting and I'm like hmm, okay yep,
0: yep. <laughs> yeah no, keeps they're... me humble yeah they're really good and what I like about that is like almost everybody knows the fourth painting in that series yeah because uh it gets used anytime somebody brings up the fall of Rome and it's like that's yep. not actually a painting of the fall of Rome it's, it's like not
1: I I used it as the thumbnail image for my fall of Rome yeah yep. uh, and I <laughs> yeah. use it
0: whenever I'm talking about the fall of Rome but it's just like that's that civilization is not rome it's romanesque but like it's yeah. it, in the in the uh in the pinnacle of civilization painting the previous one it's like it it doesn't really look like rome really it, it no. looks a little more atlantean honestly yeah. for being yeah. completely fair but like uh, yeah. i was using this um I've, I've been discussing some kind of post-apocalyptic and, and like ancient ruined civilization tropes recently and uh it is such a good example there and also if you look at media that uses those themes, a lot of them have some of the elements of that visual design. Um, the uh, the opening credits to Castle in the Sky essentially lays out the course of empires uh, with their magical flying civilization. So it starts yeah. off with this, uh, this girl on a hillside with a little windmill and then it's like, you see more windmills and then more windmills and you're starting to get air pollution and then these massive, ships lifting into the sky on these giant propellers and then these flying castles and then this huge storm and then this ruined ship with just tiny people spilling out and then it cuts at the very end to another girl on a hillside with another little windmill. It's like, ah, it's cycles of history. So. There's
1: also a cool iteration of that in in the video game Journey, where you basically mm. play through it backwards, yes. uh, which is cool. It's totally remixed, so you start off in like the graveyard, which you don't find out is a graveyard until a little later. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, it's a really it's such a succinct thing it's yep. it's so useful as 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 a shorthand for for big ideas but it's it's just it's so cool to see it remixed in different ways so yeah yep. great inktober prompt <laughs>
0: hell yeah or five yeah, i think hubris is
1: fun because you plan. can just interpret it different ways but it's yep. it's pretty self-contained the course of empire like you can really like you can stretch that you can you can go places with that
2: yep yep very very fun a couple good prompts out there uh and if anyone does use these prompts at, uh for inktober feel free to uh tag us in it yes. so we can yes. give you a little Give a little love to our, our podcast listeners out there. Um this next question comes from me, myself, and I to Red and Blue. As an incredibly indecisive person on a day-to-day basis, how do you pick what videos to do and when you do them?
1: Do you timeline uh, certain... are they indecisive or they're accusing I think us they, of being so... an indecisive <laughs> person <think> <laughs> on a, a regular they basis? Are um, <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you timeline certain videos to come one after the other, or is it a purely case of picking the videos you'd like to research or cover and fitting them in around the others? Uh, also, as a note to Red, thank you for deepening my obsession with mythology. I adore you for it.
0: Aww. Lovely. Well, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I am unfortunately not a very helpful person to ask about this because the way I make progress is by essentially using my brain as like a dowsing rod. Like, alright, what are we feeling today? What are we? Which of these things are we feeling? And it'll like <laughs> snap to something I've never researched before and be like, we want to know about Ushin and Tirin and Ong. And I'm like, well, fuck, okay. And suddenly <laughs> I'm doing a deep dive research and writing up a script in one night. It my productivity is not a power I control, unfortunately. I kind of have to follow the winds where it takes me. Yeah. Uh, so I I usually schedule videos far enough in advance that I can put them in some kind of order. Like if we've got a holiday coming up, I will try and make a video about that. Uh, I usually start those well in advance so I have a chance of finishing them in time. Um, but sometimes, uh, like if, if I'm kind of between big videos and I'm like, I need something I can do quickly, I'll research a, a quick myth and folktale and usually hammer that out in like three days total, honestly, recently.
1: It's scary. It is. It's a little <laughs> weird. I,
0: I didn't know where that came from either. Uh, mostly videos take me so long because I have so many gaps between them of like, I cannot make progress on this. I, I just, I can't focus on it. That when I do actually sit down and do it, I'm like, my God, is it this what? easy for everyone oh, all yeah. the time? Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: um, for me, it's a little different because I... I am not far ahead enough that I can work on multiple videos concurrently. I'm pretty solidly one after the other after the other. Because unlike unlike Red, I, I usually only finish a video like a week or so before it goes up. Um, I'm working on it, but other stuff has gotten in the way. Moving house takes yeah. a surprising amount of time and effort. Yeah, you're only getting um, married on.
2: soon. It's not like there's yeah, anything,
1: anything major going yet. on no, 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 Indigo, so far, like, the wedding has not influenced my work schedule at all. It's going to oh, yeah. ruin me when we go on the honeymoon because that's a week I'm losing. I mean, it's going to be fun, but, like, as far as my work schedule goes, like, that's what's going to get me. Like, as of now, the wedding has not adversely affected my ability to do work at all.
0: Oh, yeah, because so weddings the... are notoriously simple and easy to plan. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: When you have a year and a half, it's not the worst. (laughs) But, um, for me, I I do not do them very far in advance, so I plan them out ahead quite a bit more. I have, I mean, Red, you have a schedule too. You do, you know, Myth or a Folk Tale, Trope Talk. Myth or a Folk Tale, Trope Talk. Yeah, off it goes. For me, I have a lot more running series that I juggle, so it's like, okay, you know, History Summarized, History Makers, History Hijinks, City Minutes. Repeat and then I, I kind of you know balance things out so I have you know a topic full of easily two or three years uh, I have a list full of two or three years of video topics that I will kind of like see what I'm feeling and try to mix them up So I like I could try not to do like too many similar things right next to each other. I still do anyway But eh. uh, <laughs> Try to figure out what I want to do, you know more complicated video next to maybe a little bit of an easier video So it's a lot more like moving things around on like a chessboard trying to figure out what should go where and then it's like okay this is the week i'm doing sicily gonna (laughs) i have to finish the sicily video otherwise i'm kind of fucked so off we go so i i am the kind of person who can just like all right head down let's go power through get it done um and i have to be otherwise i would never finish the videos on time Uh, Mm -hmm. so for me that's that's kind of how it works is i I plan ahead i I think about it in advance I, i work through the topics that i that I have previously thought of like, oh, that's a great idea. Put it on the list. And then a few months later, it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. I'll put it into the schedule. So, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I will yeah. also say I, I have a pretty long list of videos that I want to make. And usually what I have is uh, just like a, a pages file with notes about it sometimes as short as like, it's like a folktale where this thing happens, I don't know, I'll need to read this later. Uh, just so I remind myself that they're there and I've got a running scheduled list uh, of just like videos I have planned for certain times. The main problem is my ability to make progress on any of those things is highly conditional on uh, my brain cooperating, which is an unreliable thing at best. So I, I kind of have to work pretty far in advance and juggle multiple things because it's the only way I can make steady progress. Just the way that I work if I have to sit down and focus on one thing, I, I really struggle, but if I have the option to switch between two things, I make a lot more progress on both. Um, so it's kind of a matter of finding what works for you. Uh, mm-hmm. I find that I, I have an easier time making decisions if I have more options, um, because no matter what I do, I'll feel like I'm, I'm making something progress happen. Uh, but Blue, like you said, you know, you work a lot better when it's like one after the other, and you've got a very solid, you work on one thing start to finish and then you start the next thing which is very very useful if it's how you work so yeah. it's kind mm-hmm. of a matter of getting to know yourself and your brain's needs yeah and, and stuff exactly like that.
1: you, yeah. you got to figure out what it is on the on the stretch between like fully linear work schedules which is me mm-hmm. um or more i guess latitudinal <laughs> yes. uh work schedules where you're you're kind of in in switching between lanes, uh, so to speak, uh, based on, on what's working. Um, there, there are, are many different approaches between them and it's a matter of just trying things out. And then we say like, Oh, you know, see what works for you. And that's obviously it sounds a lot easier than to actually do it. But the, when we say like, you know, see what works for you, it's a matter of like, actually, you know, try, think one thing yeah. out, see yeah. how it works. Does it or does it not? What did you like? What did you not like? Try something else. Does it work? What did you like? What did you not like an experiment? Mm-hmm. AB tests to figure out what, You know what the best approach is for you yeah uh and then and then go from there so you can't just like magically stumble into the perfect thing you gotta like give it a shot you gotta you gotta try it you gotta do different things and and see which ones work
0: yep my work ethic is still a work in progress for the record like uh nobody in school teaches you to do things the way I do. Um, <laughs> and the way they teach you to do things in school is really just like, just sit down and focus as hard as you can and you will make progress. It's like, no, I uh, if I sit down and focus as hard as I can, I will find myself... Paying attention to the fact that the fluorescent lights three rooms over are buzzing and somebody's oh, yes. brakes don't work a block away. Like, that that's where my brain goes when I try and force it to focus. I really need to sort of coax it. it it's like my brain is like a cat, you know? I can't make it do what I want, <laughs> yeah. but I can sort of arrange the environment so that it will probably do the things I need it to do. Um, yeah, you know, like, it, it's about... Figuring out your needs, what makes you productive, what what drains your energy, because you don't want to have more of those going on than things that give you energy, because that way, burnout lies, and that is much harder to recover from than just, like, taking a day off and napping and stuff. So, yeah, you know, yeah, you, re- you really kind of got to get a feel for your own brain and its needs and, and what works for you and what doesn't, and it's a constant adjustment period, you know? I- I'll, like, add or remove things from my work cycle just because some things make work easier, and some things make them harder, and yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, there, there are things that I take out of my schedule all the time, Well, it's like, oh, I, I budgeted in this video, actually, no, I don't want to do that, I'm switching out something easier instead. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, which is what I did a lot of this year, as, as the move uh, took uh, a, a consistent effort over a, a span of many months. Um, I have a
0: video about an Icelandic saga that has been haunting me for, at this point, six months, uh, because I really want to make it happen, but... It is so hard for me to read it it's so long and nothing happens and like one of these days when i get everything else done i'm gonna sit down with like a really thick like big thing of cocoa and i'm just gonna read through as much of it as i can in one sitting and take all the notes i can and let that frenzy power me through the hard bit and then it'll all be easier but i haven't been able to work up the start like the activation energy for that yet so like for me, it, it is a it is a very unreliable process. I just work so far <laughs> in advance that I can move everything into the right order before we hit it. So,
1: yeah. Whereas yeah. for me, it's like, oh, this is the week where I have to research the history of the British Empire. <sighs> okay, <laughs> here we go. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: Ah, good stuff.
2: Yeah, Oh, uh, I think we're, we're coming up on time, so we'll do one more question here before uh, signing Ooh. off on this one-year anniversary podcast. Uh, this question comes from Juno. If you could make any epic into a jukebox musical, what epic would you choose and what artist songs would feature?
0: (sighs) Oh, man. Uh, all right. Epics. Epics, epics, epics. Um, I mean,
1: you're basically designing an album. That's...
0: Yeah, forward. someone's gonna make a Spotify playlist out of whatever we say, so we gotta be careful. I don't,
1: I don't know enough songs <laughs> <never> for this. <laughs> once
2: been careful in any music-related question.
0: Well, that's certainly true. All right, let's see. Uh, there's, I mean, everyone knows the Greek epics.
2: Um, mm, yeah, I would say you could let's... probably throw like Journey to the West into the list of epics, and like that Ooh. whole sphere of literature as well. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh...
1: I would say the Divine Comedy would make oh, a good works. one, but. Divine I don't, Comedy, I don't actually, know what the songs I think would be. would be
2: very funny because it's basically, in yes. my mind, that's just like the Lucifer soundtrack, which psh, whoever is the music yes. director on that show is having a blast.
0: <laughs> ah, yes. Um, honestly, now I'm just
1: thinking of Lucifer by Shiny, and that is <laughs> definitely <laughs> on the playlist.
0: <laughs> it's just like yeah, 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 the circle of hell. Um, Dante's having his full blown existential crisis, and you're just getting like <laughs> some really synthy electronic beats. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like For the
1: bit, we have to put uh, what's well, new Pussycat like four times in a row when he's like pretty deep in hell.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, well, like when he's dealing with like the, the heretics and shit, it's just like yeah. blasting muffled through a wall or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, I, I kind of want to stick with like with the basics, you know, the Iliad, the Odyssey, because I feel like sometimes with a question like this, it's easier to come up with interesting answers when the base premise is mm-hmm. simple.
2: Um, let's let's, let's say we're doing like the Odyssey for example, cuz I feel like that covers right. a pretty wide range of situations. What kind of songs would we fit into that sort of a jukebox G- G- musical about the Odyssey? Um, okay. What's right. New we Pussycat our- could be on the <laughs> I know. For
1: s- it's it's seven it's seven iterations of What's New Pussycat for the seven years he spent on uh-huh, uh, on uh-huh. Calypso's island. <laughs> yep,
0: yep, yep. With the cats as we've established in a previous and episode, the one now. it all fits unusual. together, it's like poetry. It pulls rhymes. Them out of there. Yep. Yeah. Um All right. I think uh, I kind of want to put in Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks because Mm. that's just some really solid country. It's like the fun kind of country where it's kind of implied that the wife kills her husband in the end. That's like all the best country has that vibe. Um, (laughs) But like the thing is, it doesn't quite apply to the Odyssey because the whole point is like he doesn't cheat on Penelope. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Well, does he? What the fuck is he doing on
1: Calypso's Island for uh, seven years? I
0: thought the whole point was he was being really sad on Calypso's Island.
1: <laughs> and banging, okay, sadly. Okay, fine.
0: <laughs> well, that makes the whole killing of the uh, the uh, the maids who were sleeping with the suitors kind of extra shitty of him.
1: Yeah, Odysseus is a bad dude. <laughs> Dang it.
0: Oh, uh, my problematic fave. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no, I, um... Gosh, I... I'm trying to think i had an answer and I, I i lost in the middle of of breaking the news that odysseus definitely cheated on his wife for the uh, for at, yes, at least at one point in the duration of his seven years on calypso's is island still
2: well, a greek epic
0: <laughs> they could have just been playing scrabble we don't know <laughs>
1: sure that's what the kids are calling it <laughs> that's what the teens well, say see. these days
0: we can put in "Crying in the Rain," the Aha cover specifically, because mm-hmm, it's really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just I feel look like "Country my...
1: Roads" can go in there. "Take Me Home," you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah let me just uh, let me just look through my easy listening music playlist real quick. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like the
2: specific islands that he went to and encountered.
1: Get a couple of shanties in there, probably. Oh,
2: easy. Every every cut scene where they like just sailing is a shanty playing, and then you go <laughs> yeah. to the next island. I'm trying to think yeah, of what yeah. could work for the Cyclops. Um, my brain keeps auto-filling, uh, it always feels like somebody's watching me, but I think that that's just because I saw that MOP commercial recently and it's been stuck in my head ever Oh
0: since. No, 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 we need X's and O's on Calypso's oh.
2: Island. Oh. yeah, 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 classic, I <laughs>
0: won't let go, perfect. X's and O's. All right, perfect. Um, oh, man, there's so many options. Um, Why do I have so much anime in this?
2: I mean, because it's-
1: There's to so- be a couple Taylor good Swift good songs that apply, right?
0: Oh <laughs> probably. probably I mean, like, Swift. So many. Uh hasn't she been doing like kind of more like wistful stuff recently? Well, she did like, the whole thing where she like... did
2: her version of previous albums because of the controversy with the producer and all, but I'm not sure about Oh yeah, producer. that's pretty cool. Because then there was also yeah. this folklore cool which was a bit more like approach an indie to album? Doing it. Um it was the whole thing.
1: Oh, Willow. Willow's got to be on there. Mm. it's about like wind and, and stuff and there's the bag of winds
0: yeah it's I feel like th- I don't know. the problem is the Odyssey is fun but after a while it is all kind of samey the Iliad has a lot more going on I feel so. like the yeah. Iliad you
2: just put any like AC/DC song in and
1: you're cold. <laughs>
0: yeah. oh I mean that's
1: the thing with the Iliad and the Odyssey is like the Odyssey a lot more things happen but like not a lot really like goes on or changes like with the Iliad not a ton goes on or changes but a lot like, or not a lot happens, but a lot of things are like going, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. one has a lot of plot, and not a lot of story. The other has a lot of story, and not a lot of plot.
0: Yeah. But like the, yeah. is, the Iliad has enough plot beats that you can absolutely assign songs to like, oh, no, Briseus has been taken, and Achilles is bummed. Oh, they're doing the night raid on the camp. Oh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, more stuff happens that you could potentially put a soundtrack to, whereas the Odyssey, it's like, oh, it's another island. All right, great, have fun. Yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> uh, the Odyssey is all boats and getting lost. We are now four epics deep in this question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, we, we need some Everybody Wants to Rule the World mm-hmm. in there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I feel like we can put in some classic Joan Jett. We, we get some... Oh, yeah. Uh, we could put in Bad Reputation. We can put in I Hate Myself for Loving You in various places. Oh, uh, oh yeah.
2: Gotta
0: yeah, get some John yeah. so down there. So many options. I'm currently
2: um, scrolling through my list of liked songs on Spotify, which is maybe ah. 5,000 songs long, um, and also realizing how many anime openings I've saved in the last, like, three yeah, days. Yeah,
0: there's a lot in mine, too. <laughs> Does everybody remember uh, when Johnny Cash did a cover of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails for the oh. for the trailer for Logan? You can do a that lot of That fucking Cash. slaps, and we can do that after Patroclus dies, easy, mm. like oh, yeah. so easily. Yeah. Um, oh man!
1: I am now out of music. I, I got nothing.
2: <laughs> Where do we fit before? He I cheats? had to answer
1: the question about my wedding. I I'm fully out. <laughs> That's
2: fair. Yeah. Could throw some uh, George Harrison on there, like the Art of Dying. At any given, that could be a good like Achilles' last going down song. His final mm. showdown.
1: Um,
0: where do we put all the uh? Where do we put all the Lincoln Park in this playlist?
1: <laughs> oh, that's the burrito blanket music. Oh
0: yeah, we just have numb playing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
1: just on a loop. Yep. <sighs>
0: uh, yeah. Um, uh, jeez.
1: Yeah.
2: Do we have... have? It's tough to
0: be a god in here.
2: I mean, it's tough to be a god. It could just be any one of the gods at any given point.
0: At any point, oh, yes. Gay
1: yeah. or European.
0: Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. So, oh, God, I can't believe I haven't made that already. Oh no, I have, th- I've got shit going on, man. I can't be <laughs> animated gay or European with the cast of the Iliad.
1: They already did it with Hades. It's, <laughs> we, we're, we, no, it's, it's, it's done. Okay, <laughs> the, all right. That,
0: <laughs> that hill
1: has been died on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that, that kingdom has been conquered.
0: Oh man, okay. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I just died in your arms tonight, obviously. Of course.
1: Uh, I, yeah.
2: that's, a, that's a gibby right there, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Must mm-hmm.
1: have been Paris' arrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it scans too.
2: Oh, um, away. you give love a bad name. <laughs>
1: Shot oh, through the heart yeah, and you're yeah.
2: to blame. Yeah, that's
1: uh, <laughs> that, that can be for Agamemnon, right? For stealing, uh, for stealing Briseis.
0: Or about Paris because of his whole shit with Helen. Like yeah. he does oh, give love yeah, a bad yeah, name. Fair, 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 fair. Or Aphrodite or Eros. The, the there guy, are so many people. guy who,
2: uh, uh, someone's gonna sing Jolene, but change it to uh, Paris. Uh, I'm blanking on the names of the characters in the alien. That's got
0: to be uh, uh Menelaus. Yes. Uh, because Helen is his wife.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh! Yeah.
2: I
0: love that concept, because what I like about this is that Menelaus is not very chatty. Like, mm-hmm. in the no. book, it's mostly Agamemnon talking shit, and Menelaus is just doing stuff. So I kind of like the idea that in our theoretical jukebox musical version of this, Menelaus has had no lines until then, and then the spotlight <sighs> yes. snaps onto him, and oh he starts God. belting Jolene.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I yes. think... It would be magnificent. Yeah, what a reveal! Especially if, like, if the spotlight goes on him when he's like right behind Agamemnon, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it looks like it's gonna go on Agamemnon, and then instead, like, he just just, goes... he kind of like falls out of the way, and then Menelaus belts it. I think that would be great. Can we good. fit in Charlie Puth's attention anywhere? Hmm. Oh,
1: oh yeah. Um, oh fuck um the problem is like could that be for aphrodite could that be for the apple
0: i think that could be for aphrodite i think one thing that could be interesting because the thing is there's like a pop culture perception of helen of troy that holds her accountable for every shitty shitty thing that happens to her including being kidnapped uh and i feel like it would be easy in that version to apply it to her but i think it's better if she's singing it at aphrodite
1: oh yeah that's good i think that would be good
0: and also kind of gives it a bit of a gay vibe which i think would be really great (laughs) Um, (laughs) i mean we're making a jukebox musical it's not going to be not gay
1: (laughs) true um
0: maybe we could also pull in some stuff from heathers the musical does that count as a jukebox musical if you're stealing things from other musicals i mean we already
1: have gay europeans that's true yeah we we could put in
2: candy store with aphrodite classic we gotta does not help with the gay vibe either (laughs) I mean, just accept it <laughs> as part of the um, fun sphere of
1: working in musical okay, theater. Okay,
2: okay, uh, Frank Sinatra's my way. Can we ironically use
1: low way? for when one of the characters dies? <laughs> mm, we could.
2: Mm. You have to do, like, a slowed-down cover of the song. Like, you have to be like, surely should got them apple-bottom jeans. Oh, no,
0: no! <laughs> We're not doing this lame Mis so live-action style! We are yeah. not turning this into a monologue! <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry. Anyway, Red, you're about to say something before I, I derailed you with a bad right. suggestion. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I've said for years that Frank Sinatra's My Way is the perfect song to play as a villain is falling off a very tall building in slow motion. Um, and I, I feel like we need to get something like that. Like, s- someone mm-hmm. who dies in the Iliad needs Hector? that. I. It could, I guess, but like Hector's kind of a tragic hero, almost. Like the whole point of my way is the person singing it is basically like, yeah, I'm dying, but I got no regrets. I did all these things my way, so like it works great. Oh for yeah, like no, a- that's fair, Hector. Like a-
1: actor at the end before he dies is, is very not chill with it. Or
0: alternatively, <laughs> it would be very funny if this whole thing is playing in slow motion after Ares gets very slightly injured. <laughs> and he's like, like just falling backwards in slow motion for five minutes as this whole oh, thing blasts to like Athena cuts him off halfway through like, you big baby, get back to Olympus already. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah
1: no that's indeed. it has to be for Ares, but he doesn't die he just like he's just yeah, really like he sad about it or something every time yeah. we see
0: him he's got more bandages on <laughs> he's like oh the agony it's terrible
1: <laughs> yeah okay yeah Incredible. no i someone someone put this in a playlist
0: yeah please <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, retweet it <laughs> oh god careless whisper we gotta have Achilles oh, yeah, and Patroclus no, yeah. performing for... it together as a duet Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, can Tainted Love fit in anywhere? It's kind of generic, but I feel like it, it 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 accomplishes the right vibe. Yeah,
0: yeah. Tainted Love is the music I use for a bad relationship, so we can do that with Paris and uh, Helen if we want uh, oh, very yeah, easily. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, if that's another thing Helen sings, because the first line is, sometimes I feel I've got to run away.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, look at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're really making Helen kind of a tragic figure in this, which is good, as <laughs> good. she should be.
1: I people sleep on the Iliad because like more stuff happens in the Odyssey. The Iliad is so fucking good, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's so good.
0: It's really good. Can we fit in Bohemian Rhapsody?
1: Hmm. Well, like thematically, yes. Into the runtime, no. No, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's fair. Fair uh, enough. Fair God. enough. Uh, well, this is this has been say a. Say it ain't
0: so. Another thing we so. should have somebody serenade Aphrodite uh, with. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna uh, start singing say it ain't so if we don't or, know. Or, <laughs> I don't know, uh, should I stay or should I go could be when uh, Helen leaves, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> goes <yes>. to Troy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very um, tonally wrong. But, 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 but... <laughs> she gets
2: kidnapped, that's the whole point. Oh, uh, do nope. we play Old Town Road when they do the whole Trojan horse shit.
1: Ah. Oh my God, yeah. Or
2: yeah, um, perfect, horse with no perfect. name, that would also fit. Anything with horse Ooh. in the title.
1: <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Gonna take my horse to the gates of Troy. Gonna okay, burn uh, that city to the
0: I feel like it doesn't work as a modern jukebox musical if we don't fit in at least one Billy Eilish song to show we're hip with the kids. So mm-hmm. who gets "You Should See Me in a Crown"?
2: Oh, mm.
0: I kind of want to give that to Agamemnon because he's I such a piece think of shit. That would be fun. Yeah, he's the that only guy would one. also that work, for, would uh, also uh, work uh, for Agamemnon oh,
1: for stealing for so stealing and then Chryseus. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, reverse that other order.
0: Yeah, 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 the other one. Yeah, I think
2: that could work. God, so many fun options. Um... Jukebox musicals, while rarely good, are often a lot of fun to make up in your mind. Mm. Yeah. We don't need to talk about the recent Cinderella movie, but I think that's the oh. case in point. Is <laughs> that a enough...
0: jukebox musical? Oh, oh, is it? <laughs> wait, wait, hold if on, If you want to hear on. the
2: worst cover of Rhythm Nation ever recorded, I highly recommend I'm you sorry. look that up. I don't recommend recent you watch Cinderella, them, like, recent Cinderella. How the recent Cinderella, the
0: community available one. Like oh, okay, it came
2: out like okay. a couple weeks ago or something. Um, all
0: right, my brain was still on like that, that one they did before the Disney live action renaissance no, with a, no, like, that the one blue was dress
2: just... and
1: the Renaissance is yeah. a strong word. I'm just <laughs> saying, it's what they're
2: leaning so. into. Yeah, they're trying to like revive the energy of it, but it's not working. But we're we're running pretty we long, a... so if we're going wait, to change wait, wait, topics wait, wait. we should
0: <gasps> We need to give somebody snuff out the light because it's such a banger and not enough people know about it. But who gets it?
2: Uh it oh, could I be like the um <laughs> Odysseus stealth mission.
0: <gasps> That's so ridiculous. I kind of love it. Uh especially cuz the first part makes no sense with it. <laughs>
2: mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah.
2: But uh, I, All right. I I, All I right. do have That's to enough. say that we're we're wrapping up now because uh we're yeah. we're running pretty long. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Red, would you like to, to take us out? Are you prepared for such a no, uh, undertaking? No, uh, I'm
0: not prepared. I was just thinking we could also give somebody memory because that could be kind of
2: fun, we but I just don't know who would this. get it. We, we can't yeah. start talking about cats now. <laughs> thank uh, you all
1: so much for listening to this episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. In the meantime, you can check out our YouTube channel, Overly Sarcastic Productions.
0: <laughs> this is great. If I do a job badly enough, other people take it for me. <laughs> uh,
1: in the meantime, I've been blue.
0: I've been read.
1: <laughs> and thank you for listening to this first year of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back on October 13th, but if you miss us before then, be sure to check out Overly Sarcastic Productions on YouTube for all sorts of fun video-related content. Got a question for the pod? Head over to AskOSPod on Discord for a chance for your question to be featured in a future episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all of that and more can be found in the show notes below. And thanks for one year of podcasting.